Hey, greetings everyone. Lieutenant Colonel Allen West here and welcome to the Steadfast and Loyal Podcast. Well, hello, Patriots. Trebo, President, United Patriot Coin. I'm sure a lot of you have heard the story on how a $20 gold coin 100 years ago would buy a gentleman's really nice suit. And at the time we're making this video, gold sitting around $1,912 an ounce would still buy a gentleman's nice suit. But I want to take you back, maybe not that far ago, a time most of you should be able to remember the year 2000. Gold was $275 an ounce, which means if you invested a million dollars in gold, you would be able to purchase 3,636 ounces of gold. Patriots today, at roughly $1,912 an ounce, that would be worth $6.9 million today. Just another way to encourage you to be your own bank. Stay safe. Be prepared, Patriots. Hey, greetings, everyone. Welcome back to the Steadfast and Loyal Podcast. You know, so often right now, people are really focusing on what's happening between Hamas and Israel and the horrific events of October the 7th. But I think that people have forgotten the persecution that Christians still face in the Middle East. I mean, we remember ISIS and it was at the forefront every single day of the beheadings and all the horrible things, the, the, the destroying of churches. But that persecution continues on today and I wanna talk with someone that's at the forefront of what is happening in the Middle East with the Christian community. That's Juliana Tamarazzi. Juliana Tamarazzi, a dear friend of mine, is a Nobel Peace Prize 2021 and 2022 nominee. She obtained her master's degree from Northeastern Uni Illinois University and is pursuing her PhD right here at the University of Texas, Dallas. She was born and raised in Iran. Tamarazzi is able to speak on the current political and humanitarian conditions there in Iran. She fled religious harassment in Iran in 1989, and she was smuggled into Switzerland, then Germany, where she sought religious asylum. Later, she arrived in America as a refugee in search of religious freedom and the American dream. And Juliana founded an organization that I am part of, and that's the Iraqi Christian Relief Council, to shine a light on the plight of Christians in her ancestral homeland and to raise funds to deliver food, shelter, and medicine to Iraq. Juliana was nominated for the prestigious Nansen Award through the United Nations Higher Commission on Refugees and has won multiple awards for her efforts. And last year, she received the Simon Wiesenthal Center's Medal of Valor, joining the ranks of Sir Winston Churchill and U.S. Congressman John Lewis, who growing up, that was my member of Congress as a kid. 
She is a UN delegate in Geneva and will soon be releasing a book sharing these personal experiences. My dear friend, Julianne, thanks for joining us here Such an at honor the Fast and Wild podcast. Tell us about your journey. I mean, when people hear about fleeing religious persecution in Iran and how you got smuggled out, what was that like for you as a young girl? You know, when you're going through such terrible, terrible times, you don't think, you, it, it's a surreal feeling. You don't think about it. You just want to be free. You just want to be saved. And when my parents were looking for the right smugglers, we went through four sets of smugglers. Mm. One of them wanted to marry me and didn't promise to my father that he would divorce me. Um, he would fly me from Iran to Germany to relinquish me to my brother who had been smuggled the year before. Mm -hmm. Uh, another set of smugglers said we will put her among sheep, cover her with sheep um, skin, and we will drive her over to India. From India, we will fly her to Germany. There had been other people who had been smuggled that way, but they never were heard from again. So finally, we found the right person to smuggle me out of the country. It was, if you've seen the movie Argo, mm -hmm. the ending of that movie is pretty much similar to what many of us went through fleeing Iran. Um, we were afraid that we would be discovered the last moment. Even uh, until, even when we sat on the plane, we weren't sure if we were not going to be deplaned again and yeah. discovered. So, um, but you don't really think about it, Colonel. You just close your eyes, you follow the order of the smuggler, and you just go forward. Yeah. And I was smuggled twice, once into Switzerland and once into Germany. Uh, into Germany was by car and to be honest I was more scared at that moment because I had stayed in Switzerland for a week uh, decompressing if you will yeah, yeah. Uh, but you know we have God on our side yeah. and we knew that God would not forsake us and he brought us through and now I live in the best country in the world the United States and how did you get to America from Germany we sought religious asylum. Okay. Uh, we turned ourselves into the police. We uh, asked to be brought here as a family, uh, as legal refugees. Yeah. We stayed in Germany for 11 months, and we came here in 1990 with the right paperwork. Now, your background, uh, ethnic background, is Assyrian. Explain to the people the Assyrian community, because a lot of folks don't understand that historic, the Assyrians, the Chaldeans, all of these historic Christian communities that were there long before you know, any other uh, communities were established in the Middle East. Mm -hmm. A lot of people know us from the biblical uh, sure. narrative, right? From the Tanakh. Nebuchadnezzar. Exactly, yeah. Sennacherib. And yep. So uh, our ancestral homeland in the glory time of Assyria was from northwestern Iran all the way to Egypt. Mm. Um, we gave so much to civilization. That's why we call people, historians call Mesopotamia, mm -hmm. today's Iraq, Syria, um, southern Turkey, the cradle of civilization. Mm -hmm. So uh, a lot of people know us as Ninevites, people mm -hmm. of Nineveh, that Jonah went and preached to the Ninevites. But unfortunately, we lost our kingdom 612 before Christ. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people, till today, they think that Assyrians no longer exist. Uh, but we still are about a million and a half in the world. We still speak the language uh, of Christ, Aramaic. Aramaic. Yeah. Uh, we were among the very first nations that converted to Christianity through St. Thomas the Apostle, mm -hmm. um, 70 AD, between 50 to 70 AD. So 
Um, we, we are in exile, though. We have been forced out of our homelands. For example, before the invasion of Iraq in 2003, mm -hmm. we were one and a half million Assyrians, Chaldeans, and Syriacs in Iraq. Today, we have barely 100,000 people left. Mm. In exactly 20 years, we've lost over a million point four of our people who have resettled um, in f different parts of the world. But uh, so uh, what we faced in the East is uh, religious persecution and really we are being uh, discriminated against by the Kurds especially, unfortunately, the Kurdish policy in the North uh, discriminates against the Assyrian people, oppress us, they oppress us uh, from different, in different forms. It looks different yeah. uh, in different parts of Iraq. Politically, owning property, those type of things. Exactly, they, yeah. they take our properties away in the North. Uh, they teach that their terror, terrorist chieftains of the, many of you uh, have heard of, many of your viewers have heard of the Armenian genocide. Yes. But, to, but not many know about the Assyrians yeah. that have been killed alongside the Armenians and Greeks. Two out of three were murdered in the hands of the Kurds and the Turks. Eight of them, my own family members. Mm. And so there was a, this major chieftain who killed our patriarch, let's say, meaning, for example, if the Pope, God forbid, gets assassinated yeah. by somebody. So the chieftain now is hailed as a hero uh, in northern Iraq, and it's being taught today that that chieftain who murdered the Assyrians now is a hero. So we are discriminated against, we're being discriminated against in different fashions, at school, at jobs, by land encroachment. Uh, and in the south part of Iraq, we're discriminated against because of our faith, yeah. uh, our Christianity. And we are, we have always been the bridge of understanding between the Islamic East and the Christian West and Christendom. Um, and if you take all Christianity out of the Middle East, as it is happening today, mm -hmm. that area of the world becomes even more of a breeding ground for um, terrorism and for uh, uh, lack of uh, tolerance, right? And you mentioned Israel. Uh, I'm wearing the blue ribbon in mm -hmm. support of Israel. Uh, what happened on October 7th is what we have been faced with. Yeah. for many, many centuries, really, especially under ISIS from 2014 until or late 2016. So, and you know, uh, Colonel, mm -hmm. you have served there uh, valiantly. Thank you for your service. Oh, my pleasure. Um, so what we have faced, what we have been facing, unfortunately, our Israeli brothers and sisters faced on October 7th. How big is the Assyrian community here in the United States of America? We're strong. We're about 500,000 strong. Um, their majority of us are in uh, Chicago, mm -hmm. Detroit. Um, Chaldeans are in southern part of uh, California. Okay. So uh, we're strong and we have the voting power. Uh, but unfortunately, uh, maybe we can say that the American uh, policy has not been very friendly to the Assyrian cause. We are really not even on the agenda, mm. but the American people have been extremely gracious to the Assyrian people through their prayers, through their giving. So I'm eternally grateful to the American Christians. You know, you and I first met back in 2011, 2012, when I was a member of Congress, yes. and we talked about this issue, and we talked about the plight has it gotten better? Has it gotten worse? I mean, tell us about what's going on, and then tell us about the organization, the Iraqi Christian Relief Council. 
Unfortunately, the more we try, the less results we see. Um, when you were, when we met, I believe it was 2010, when we came with mm. my former colleague. Mm. Um, actually, he, he died, unfortunately. Mm. Um, such untimely death, uh, David William Lazar. So we mm. came, we visited you, and you really opened your heart, your office, your 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 um, resources to us at the at the time, and you continued. We continued to be friends. You've spoken up for um, our people, but unfortunately, when we met you, uh, Colonel, there were about four hundred thousand of us in Iraq at the mm -hmm. time. Today, we have about a hundred thousand left. So as our numbers dwindle, um, our importance dissipates in Iraq. Mm -hmm. Uh, we really don't really matter, despite um, what they may tell us. They pay us lip service. In Washington, D.C., they pay us lip service. In different uh, Iraqi embassies across the region that I've visited, um, unfortunately, people don't care. But what can be done is if American Christians rise together, and if we can mobilize the American Christians, first of all, to really educate them that the Assyrians are still alive. Mm -hmm. 500,000 of them are your neighbors in the United States. And through, the, through that solidarity, show of solidarity, I think we can put uh, political pressure, um, especially that this coming year is a, is a very important year in yeah. US history, I would like to say. Hopefully we can save our country. Um, but I think our American brothers and sisters can do so much for us through prayer, through standing with us, through reaching out to their members of the House and Senate, and uh, through maybe financial sacrifices they, they can make. Because these people that are left in Iraq, uh, they really need us. Uh, there are many of them have not had the opportunity to go back to their homes mm -hmm. that were destroyed by ISIS. Mm -hmm. Many of them are refugees. There are about 22,000 refugees in Lebanon, Turkey, and Jordan. And I've, you know, I've visited them. Yes. And they live in subhuman conditions. Many of them, um, unfortunately, are uh, ridden with cancer. Mm. Um, many of them now have high um, blood pressure because of the pressure. The anxieties and everything. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Heart disease, diabetes, um, children. There are so many children that have Hodgkin's lymphoma and mm. leukemia, these two cancer types of cancer are rampant among children. Women with breast cancer are plagued with breast cancer, men with colon cancer. And um, early on in 2016, I had requested uh, some of the scientists that I knew to help us find out why this rise of cancer suddenly happened after ISIS. Uh, unfortunately, uh, starting with COVID, things completely came to a halt yeah. and no one has really picked that study back up again. Well, it's interesting that we see right now in the United States of America, we got seven, eight million people crossing the border illegally, and they're receiving all types of, you know, taxpayer-funded aid. But here we have a Christian community, and America is a Judeo-Christian faith heritage nation. I don't care what people want to say. That's a founding part of our principles but we're not extending ourselves out to the Christian community there in the Middle East. So tell us about the Iraqi Christian Relief Council and what you seek to do and, and share with us the 
verse that you had uh, right when we were getting set up. It was just uh, texted to you. Yes, yes, thank you. Uh, I founded Iraqi Christian Relief Council 16 years ago. Mm -hmm. um, I remember watching on Fox News uh, two churches that were bombed, uh, the Assyrian churches in Baghdad, and I saw in 2006, and I saw um, my people running with their kids drenched in blood. And, I, and then it suddenly finished. It was maybe a 30-second reportage. Mm -hmm. So, and then I met with Cardinal Francis George at the time, the late Cardinal Francis George, and I asked him in Chicago, I used to live in Chicago, mm -hmm. and I asked him, what is the Vatican doing to help the persecuted Christians in Iraq? So he invited me to a meeting. I went to the Archdiocese of Chicago. And they came uh, back to me with uh, advising me to start this ministry, this apostolate. So I started the ministry uh, thinking that the Western Christians naturally will rise to help their Eastern brothers and mm -hmm, sisters. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately, I saw Catholics, I heard Catholics say to me, just you guys have been plagued with wars and murder and persecution for so many years, so many centuries. Why don't you just pack your bags and come to the West and be Christians? And I said, with all due respect, Jesus wasn't born in New York. He was born in the <laughs> Middle East. We tend to yeah. forget that. Yeah. And these, these are our ancestral homelands that we don't want to let go of. Yeah. And um, th unfortunately, the evangelicals would say, well, you're cradle Christian. You're, you're um, cultural Christians because you accepted Christ as, you know, because you were, you were baptized. But did you accept Christ as an adult? And I would say to them, these people are literally being crucified to their doorsteps. I don't know how much can, how much more can the Eastern Christians show their love for Christ. Okay. But it wasn't really until the Americans and really the West, not just Americans, saw the savagery of ISIS, similar to what happened to uh, our Jewish brothers and sisters, that they didn't mobilize. And they really, that's when I think America woke up to yeah. what we had been going through for many, many years. Um, and the generosity just opened. Um, but now, because of different reasons, um, and, and, and people are really, I think there is a sense of, uh, well, ISIS is no longer in Iraq, Al-Qaeda is no longer in Iraq, so maybe the suffering has stopped and they have yeah. turned their faces away. And I'm here to tell you, and I'm grateful to be here with you, Colonel, um, that the suffering continues. Yeah. Uh, the diseases are still there because of the immense stress that had been applied, inflicted really on the people. Uh, people are not able to get back on their feet because of different oppressions that are inflicted on mm -hmm. them. So, um, so we must stay uh, in solidarity with these people. So I, Iraqi Christian Relief Council was formed to really educate the Americans about who the Assyrians of Iraq are, what have we given to the world in terms of civilizationally and also from a, from a religious perspective. Spiritual perspective. Absolutely. Yeah. And we raise funds and we deliver them to, for in terms of food, shelter, medicine, clean water. We have dug dozens of wells in the Nineveh Plain. Nineveh Plain, Nineveh, um, Unfortunately, the gates of Nineveh that withstood the stand of, sand of time for 3,000 years mm -hmm. were obliterated, as uh, you know, by ISIS in yeah. a week. Um, so the, it's 1,200 square mile area in the north around Mosul, today's Mosul, mm -hmm. ancient Nineveh, is called the Nineveh Plain, where majority of Christians have lived there, but now they're fleeing it because yeah. they can't 
start a good life for themselves. Yeah. So that's what we do. We come in, we come along their side, we come along their side, we start small businesses, we provide education to them, um, we have repaired their homes, and we also help the refugees. Uh, we have a program called I Adopt a Refugee. And people can, on a monthly basis, um, help fund some of these refugees that really need life-sustaining medicine. So my plea to your audience, to your listeners, to your viewers, is to visit IraqiChristianRelief.org, IraqiChristianRelief.org, and prayerfully consider uh, supporting our ministry. Without you, without you, Colonel, you're our advisor. You sit on our uh, board of advisory and you see what's happening. You've seen mm -hmm. the work that we've done. You've seen the impact of our work. Mm -hmm. um, so, but without you, without your listeners and viewers, we will not be able to continue our work. We're in Christmas season. What's it like being a Christian in the Middle East in the Assyrian community? I mean, our kids are over here. They're going to get all their presents and everything. But what's it like being a, a child over there in the Middle East at Christmas time? It's heartbreaking because we have been supplying aid for Christmas toys or basic elements, basic cooking ingredients for the, for the women in the households to be able to bake cookies. I yeah. mean, things that we take for granted here in the United States, many of them don't have the money to bake cookies for their families. So for the past 15 years, we've been doing that. We've been standing by their side and helping them. Um, a lot of them have become orphaned, Colonel, mm -hmm. especially within the last there was unfortunately... Yeah, tell us about what happened. It was a wedding? It was a wedding, yes. Yeah. Um, in September, on September 26th of 2023, uh, a very large wedding of 1,200 people um, in the Nineveh Plain, in the largest town in the Nineveh Plain that, is, uh, that houses Christians, that is uh, a home for Christians there. For, for 2,000 years, Christians have lived there, yes. Um, there was, uh, at first they said it was an accident, but it was actually Iranian-backed Shiite proxies that set fire to this wedding um, in order to intimidate the Christians so they can leave Iraq because they want the Nineveh Plain. Iran wants the Nineveh Plain as a corridor access yeah, to have to access Syria. to the Mediterranean, Absolutely. to Syria, to Israel. Mm -hmm. And so, unfortunately... Over 500 people were burned mm -hmm. terribly, in a terrible condition. They're currently living in terrible condition because of the injuries they sustained. Over 130 people melted, Colonel. We don't know. We're trying to investigate what was in this fire that burned at 400 degree Fahrenheit, that melted the glass, melted the skin, but it did not affect the clothing. Mm. People were able to withdraw IDs from clothing, but not, but not being able to recognize who this individual is that yeah. was burned. There are five um, uh, bodies that are still unclaimed because families en masse died. There are 50 children that have lost a parent, either a mother or a father. There are nine kids that completely are orphaned. One of them is only one, years old, one year old and mm. is just extremely hard this for us general uh colonels excuse me was worse than what isis did for us if you can believe that yeah. because of families completely being obliterated, obliterated at the wedding 
And so what we're doing this Christmas season, we're asking to support these 59 orphans, nine completely orphaned because of this happy, joyous occasion yeah. that was supposed to be a joyous occasion, uh, and 50 who have lost a parent. So um, when you go on our website, IraqiChristianRelief.org, you will see our campaign that we're trying to, to help these 59 children. Um, and the verse, you mentioned the verse, yeah. as I was walking in, a friend of mine texted me. She didn't know I was about to be interviewed by, with you, by you. But uh, if you don't mind, I'd like to read sure. this. It says, um, it's John 20, 21. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. So Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. And this was a sign for me that this was meant to be, that your viewers, your listeners will not forsake their Eastern brothers and sisters, the Assyrians who have paid a heavy toll for being Christians for almost 2,000 years. You just uh, gave me something that's very beautiful. And uh, the old tough colonel had to fight back some tears. But Juliana gave me this bracelet. And I have it on my right arm because this is my warrior arm. Uh, it's with my strength. You know, I can do all things through Christ Jesus who gives me strength, Philippians 4.13. And the full armor of God, Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 16, 17. What Juliana gave me was the Lord's Prayer in Jesus' language, Aramaic. So I would just like for you to close out this interview by looking into the camera and reciting the Lord's Prayer in Aramaic for us. Would, would you please honor. do that for us? It would be an honor. Thank you. Abon Bishmeya Nithrada Shmach Kutach. Neva Soyanach, Eken Nadishmea Bora. Halan Lachmasum Gana Yuman and Washwoklan Hoben, Dachtabachan Shwoklan Hayawen, Latal and Nisuna, Ella Possam and Bisha, Mutto di Lachim El Cuta, Hello Tishbortal Alam Almin, Wamin. Juliana, thank you. Thank you, Carmen. And folks, please go to Iraqi. Christian Relief Council, ICRC.org. 59 kids this Christmas have lost either both parents or one of their parents. Think about your children out there that'll go on Christmas morning and open up their presents. These children on, in September lost the ability to see their parents forever. And I believe that we as Christians can reach out and we can do something to help them. And that's why it's so important for us to be the body of Christ, to, to reach out to our brothers and sisters in the ancestral homeland, in the ancestral language of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So please do that. And if you have liked this conversation and, and this interview, first and foremost, go to Juliana's website and support them. But also click the like button and share it with others. Because it should be a stain against us if we cannot protect Christians all across the entire globe. Just imagine if we had a wedding here in Dallas, Texas, 
a Christian wedding and someone came in and set fire to the wedding. We don't have to worry about that here. And we need to make sure that other people don't have to worry about that wherever they are in the entire world. So please, share the work of Juliana Tamarazi, the Iraqi Christian Relief Council. Share this interview with others. And that's how you remain steadfast and loyal. Before they burn it down